I'm Steve, and it's a brand new year, which means we've got all kinds of terrible new decisions to make, and uh, boy, have we made some. So joining me this week, he uh, he gave birth to an egg, or maybe that was just a chuck roast. Uh, Jack Eason's here. Great to be here, Steve. Ready to kick off this year right with maybe a divorce. <laughs> Why are you trying to why are you trying to drive a wedge between me and my wife with your terrible decisions, Steve? <laughs> That's what I do. I've I mean, really, if, if you go back through my entire history, um, most of my friends relationships have been disrupted in some way, shape or form because I was like, hey, we should watch this movie. And then, uh, yeah, they get into a fight and it's it's all downhill from here, man. This is just the beginning. Didn't I make your wife watch Waterworld with us one time too? I think she left. I don't recall. <laughs> which, which was a what? I wish I'd done the same. If only I had that foresight. Yeah, well, I don't know. We had that press screener though, man. Come on, the the allure of the press screener for <laughs> Waterworld director's cut remastered. How could you say no to that? It's fucking three hours long. It's what we live for, buddy. Anyways, uh, also joining us, and uh, hopefully his marriage isn't in trouble too. Now, uh, Jake Trapil is here. Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, are, are you really <laughs> thankful for this one? Is that? Well, let me just say, uh, Mom, if you're listening to this, you might want to skip this episode and the next one. All right? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not sure this is gonna be the one for you. Yeah, shit's gonna get real weird. So we decided just to kind of give you a little background for uh, what's gonna be going on for the next two weeks. We thought, you know, there's a lot of weird porny stuff out there that we have access to so why don't we do an entire multi-part series on movies that may or may not be porn but are definitely strange and hey why why uh, not man why not so yeah is is it porn we'll find out today it's just like uh famous early aughts uh video slash website thing will it blend remember that guy oh i'm gonna put stuff in a blender it's the same, but we're just trying to watch, um, you know, visually upsetting things to determine if they're actually uh, sexualized or not. So, porn it's great. smoke, we love it. Don't breathe this. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna actually start off with something that it's in a category all its own honestly. Well, I mean, really, everything that we're watching over the next two weeks could probably fit that description. But um, the American Genre Film Archive. Uh, along with Vinegar Syndrome, decided that they were going to release a, uh, a double feature on Blu-ray, and it's called Smut Without Smut. And it is quite literally two pornographic films from the 1970s with the sex scenes cut out. So, what if porn was all story and, and no action? And here we are. So... <laughs> I got to say, I had the lowest of low expectations for this, but Jake, is Things to Come actually just a sci-fi masterpiece if we stumbled onto something special here? That's actually one of my notes is that it's pretty much on par with uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, this film is uh, it's, it's actually quite good. 
mm-hmm. even with with the the content uh, the smut excised out of it it's uh actually a pretty pretty decent and cogent film i had a had a great time with it it's it's odd too because uh, in the other movie from the double feature uh the, the dirty dolls or whatever it's called the yeah <laughs> That's I got it right. I, I keep wanting to call it three dirty dolls for some reason, but there's actually I think there's more than three dirty like dolls. There's like five in there. At there's least. at least five. Yeah I, yeah, I lose track of all the dirty dolls. But anyways, I digress. Um, I was surprised because this movie, things to come, it actually kicks ass, and also I had trouble finding the seams where all of the the pornographic stuff was taken out. Um, yeah, I, there's a few scenes where it's sort of you know, alludes to different things. And there's also, there's cutaways to other porn films like that are in universe. So they're like watching TV or watching a movie and it happens to be porn. Uh, so that stuff is pretty obvious as far as, as, you know, cut sex scenes go. But other than that, like it, it, it seems to be pretty seamless. Like it was almost made to not be porn, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I Am I missing something here? No, that was uh, that, going into this. I think that was kind of part of the draw uh, for me, at least, was just to see how like how clumsy the film would feel if they just cut out all the dirty bits, because mm. there would be like these awkward, you know, like chops, and all of a sudden characters would be in a whole completely different scenario. But um, I skimmed through the uh, the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray provides the um, the the uncensored versions of these first two films we're discussing so i skimmed through them just to see where the cuts were and um it turns out with uh, at least with things to come all of the uh the pornographic material is just in these quote-unquote porn operas that the characters watch throughout the movie which makes it very easy to cut them out of the movie it's no no characters actually engage with in sex in the film it's just all mm. content that they're watching and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's how that is. It's a, it's a much different story with the second film, Dirty Dolls. But uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, this, this, that's how the yeah. This one feels like yeah, it feels a little bit like they're cheating almost. Like it's it's a fascinating concept to you know remove the sexual elements from porno because we're always trying to push pornography, or a lot of people are trying to push pornography out of cinema generally is this idea that it's not real filmmaking because it's got all these digressions of sex and what's the point and it's repetitive. Uh, Jack, Twitter has told me repeatedly that uh, all sex should be banned from movies because the, the then they get better. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, that's, that, that's, that's the argument, yeah. And it feels like at this point that's just <laughs> farmed opinion. But, um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> this is the interesting rebuttal to that. Um, you know, does, does it work? But things to come is curious because, like Jake said, all of the it, this is like a porno about porno in in a sense. It's got a, it's kind of high concept. It's got clearly a, a kind of a self aware structure. Um, on two two folds. Firstly, the fact that there is you know all of the the pornographic elements are watched in film by characters in the film which is unusual and secondly i mean just by by the the fact that they hire a kind of young pretty girl is uh, is the main protagonist of the film um and then she at no point she she never appears nude she doesn't engage in any sexual activity whatsoever which is frankly pretty you know pretty out there when you're going to release a sex film, that's a very unusual decision to make. And I'd have to imagine that it was a decision that was made um, 
uh, you know, w with some eye towards the grander scheme of things. I, I think maybe the film was made with, you know, the an eye towards or an R-rated cut that they could remove stuff easily. Mm -hmm. But it also, yeah, makes a film, it's, it's a dystopian film about a kind of sedate, like, brave new world thing where everyone is kind of, their lives are completely regimented by the government. They're all kind of kept very comfortable. They're provided for fully. They basically only work for short periods of time throughout the year. They only work like a three or six month stints and then they're completely free time all the rest of the time. They can't go anywhere uh, because it's dangerous outside. The government won't let them, but they can sit in their, their apartments and just watch uh, generally sex and violence. These are the approved outlets and they're just, you just sit down and just watch endless mm -hmm. programming of sex and violence and everyone loves it. It's, it's, you know, a wonderful sedate thing. And our protagonist is starting to wonder what the point of it all is. She's not responding so well to to this content. She wonders if there isn't something more. And she turns out she's part of a rebel group. And then there's a lottery every year or every, I guess, every week that sends a handful of people to the Pleasure Dome. And the Pleasure Dome is where all of your whims can be indulged in for a week. And that's kind of the control mechanism that allows people to have an out every so often. So, you know, it's it's mm. kind of a, a strange film in terms of the fact that it's it's obviously aware that it's a sex film about sex. And it, I mean, it's a sex film that tells you about how watching sex films is kind of like, you know, uh, what would you say, like kind of denudes or denatures human values or something it's it's kind of a, a mm -hmm. peculiar well, yeah, that's that's a whole concept <clears throat> yeah like it's it's a little it's a little bit ham-fisted and it's like okay there's like dystopian filmmaking slash storytelling 101 but really the whole thing is just like like your uncritical consumption of media is maybe not the best use of your free time and then we're we're conditioned to consume this trash over and over again so they're doing that by showing us cheap trash and then also saying maybe you shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> yeah. So and sometimes that can come off as a little like preachy and finger waggy, but here it's it's almost playful in the way they pull it off. It's playful, and then the film itself. I mean, I really i I was surprised by just how impressively visualized this is. I have no idea what kind of a production mm -hmm. this was. You know, I was expecting something much more cheap and kind of you know, uh, you know, kind of held together by tape. And I mean, there's very clearly, it's very clearly cheap, but you know, they, they do things like they have a death race motorcycle arena and sure the, the motorcycles are armored with like aluminum foil covered bits of cardboard to like create art, you know, armor and stuff. Like it's, it's clearly hmm. aluminum foil, but I mean, what kind of a movie includes that kind of a sequence or what kind of like a sex movie includes those kind of sequences? It has a whole, yeah. you know, kind of like a computer room full of flashing lights and kind of ripply displays, you know, it, it's, it's got all kinds of, uh, design elements and kind of unusual they found all these unusual i don't i don't know what kind of buildings they were but like they they shoot you know just portions of buildings as backgrounds that you know i guess when separated out from the larger building look futuristic and unusual just like strange angles and things to create this kind of through you know just carefully chosen locations to create this futuristic mm -hmm. landscape it's uh, yeah. pretty impressive i, actually, I love the uh like the actual on site like not the not the sets that they use but the the outdoor scenes because it's all this uh like brutalist architecture which was super popular in uh the like the mid 1970s until like the early 1980s and so much so that a lot of industrial cities in like the midwest for instance 
that were, uh, you know, they, they saw a big boom in industry in the 70s. Um, they <laughs> erected a lot of buildings that are stylized like that. So if you drive through, say, downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you will see a series of just really fucking ugly, uh, like bomb shelter-esque buildings and you may ask yourself, what is that? And the answer is, uh, you know, there's it's like our post office, our giant central post office, just brutalist architecture, which looks like, I don't know, poured concrete that someone sneezed on. That's basically the, the best way to describe it. And then uh, the, the, the college, too, uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, same thing, like all the main buildings, the student union, all that stuff. It's all like this brutalist architecture. And it has this weird look to it because it's so dated and so of that era of, of the 1970s. But at the same time, you can tell it was it was built in a way to look futuristic so it really adds to the charm of things to come when you see that architecture because it fits right in with the kind of kitschy retro futurist thing that it has going for it. So, yeah, very into that. The, the whole movie, it's it definitely costs $10 to make, but goddamn, it looks good. Yeah, one, one of my favorite things to see because they use the buildings really well, but then every so often they need a car and they don't really have the effects budget for a car. So it's like just an old, like... 70s muscle car drives in but they put a weird sound effect over it to make it sound like it's futuristic yeah and it's still it's just <laughs> yeah. like yeah that's just a dodge charger or whatever but um yeah i mean this this honestly hit way above what i was expecting it's it's not exactly gonna like it's not a revelation to watch it but it's smart it's got an idea and it delivers it in an interesting way and in particularly i think and i guess we'd have to discuss there's it's, i mean this is a porno with a twist how many pornos have twists mm -hmm. in them it has a plot twist, yeah, which is not like plot twist. Point, yeah. yeah, you know, like that that's not a regular <laughs> thing. And I mean, it, it basically overlaps with Westworld, which I'm guessing came out a little before this movie. Um, you know, in that the pleasure, the pleasure dome is full of, of androids and you can do whatever you want to them. And obviously you can you can fuck them or you can kill them. And that's the prospect of mm. it. And uh, guess what? It turns out they may not be androids. Androids might be, you know, they, they might be too expensive. They might be doing something else. And it just kind of flips back and on the, the protagonist that she's become in her efforts to overturn the system has kind of been moved into the system. She started to make decisions that have, you know, have unsound uh, outcomes and stuff. You know, it, it's it's not exactly like anything new, but if you're sitting down to watch this, to just like see some boobs. It's really gonna. It, it's really provides an awful lot more, and I mean, it's kind of strange. I also like just cycle through and fast forward through the uncut version, just again because I was confused, like you guys were, where the sex actually would fit in. And it's worth noting, it's a soft core yeah. movie. This is not like you know a hardcore, but like every sequence of sex in this movie is on a screen it's someone watching it it's nothing within the film and yeah honestly the movie probably plays better without it which, which makes this feel like a cheat within the smut without smut category yeah because it's yeah. almost too easy in this one it almost seems like it would be overly long with the sex scenes included because things to come doesn't drag at all but it is the cut version is like over 70 minutes i think yep yeah so, I, I took i took notes of uh of our run times for this evening uh so the cut version is 72 minutes long which is just you below your average feature length and then with all the smut added in it's uh 93 minutes yeah which oh, isn't so, terrible yeah. but also i i can't imagine that would really 
uh, at at a whole lot because it, the thing is, is they still cut to those TV sequences. They just they they you know they cut away before he gets uh, you know to yeah to bony. to explain um, the smoke without smoke <laughs> concept. They basically cut it to make it like a standard or rated movie. So there's still a little bit of nudity here and there that sneaks in, but they basically mm-hmm. cut away before it becomes, I guess excessive or solely about the sex which which um i I think we'll just go with the dirty dolls becomes much funnier here it's pretty easy to cut just like cut it out and cut back to the people watching the screen yeah because that's a natural cut anyway like all all the sex is really a shot reverse shot of the sex scene and someone watching it so it's it's a pretty Mm -hmm. easy effort to excise it and honestly i think this really creates a a leaner film and looking on the packaging for the disc the poster for things to come has an or rating on it so i'm thinking this mm. one got released in an or rating anyway so frankly they, yeah. you know what they're presenting here may honestly be pretty close to a, a an actual release version that was seen around i think texas i think both of these are texas films i think yeah uh, from the 70s which, they're definitely regional yeah so you know yeah. which was great too. wonder I have no research or anything or reading to back this up, but I'm wondering if maybe this uh, there's some connection to the the H.G. Wells uh, story and film uh, things to come, which I believe may also be about a, a dystopian sci-fi future. That's a much weirder a, story. I yeah, I, I'm. Tr- it's been a while since I've seen an adaptation of that, but it's it, that's it. It they don't, I don't think they have much overlap, to be honest. Um, Things to come is much stranger, and it's about it's more apocalyptic and stuff. But it and it's got more spacesuits. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember what the plot is. Uh, I think well, I think they and it's hard to separately. fuck in a spacesuit. <laughs> He's got some uh, kitschy like Star Trek uh, outfits that everybody's got in, where they accentuate accentuate like the shoulder blades with these these cool V patterns. And also, mm-hmm. we didn't mention that uh, everyone's life is basically stored on an ID card that you have to keep with you, and if you want to get a divorce. All you got to do is stick your card and your husband's card in your computer in the bedroom and just ask for a divorce. And as long as both cards are present, the the divorce will be granted. Jack, you better hide your card, man. Um, maybe so. <laughs> this wasn't the one that, that ticked it off. This one, I think, this, went pretty yeah, smoothly. This, off your wife. This, is, this is definitely, if you have to go down the route, this is the one. That, this is the easy, easy yeah. hardness level. We'll switch up to medium yeah. and then difficult as we as we move along. I would say, like, if if you're going to watch a weird, like, porny non-porn film from the 1970s and you want to include your partner uh, who may or may not be interested in watching that kind of thing, things to come. Why not? Sure. It's uh, it's a pretty good way to do it. I think there's several (laughs) reasons why not. But yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, But yeah, no, this is this was a big surprise for me. I like I said before, I had zero expectations, but uh, things to come is cool. And really worth the price of admission for the, you know, the, the American Genre Film Archive set that they put out. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Well, and, and it is a double feature, though. So we also got The Dirty Dolls, uh, which is a lot more in line with what I expected, which is mm-hmm. one, a uh, film elements that are scratched to shit definitely get that with the dirty dolls Two, it's mostly porn but uh it's all cut out so it's a lot of people unbuttoning their shirts and then cutting and then uh they're buttoning their shirts back up again so uh yeah i i mean i will say though the 
opening maybe 20 minutes or so of the Dirty Dolls, which the cut down version is probably only 50 minutes long. Um, the opening 20 where it's more or less like a, a scuzzy regional grindhouse heist movie, it works pretty well. It's kind of got some Rob Zombie vibes going, like a little bit of Devil's Rejects. Uh, and it's, again, it's another cheap one, but uh, surprisingly compelling. So, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think of this one? This, runs, this one runs pretty smooth, yeah. I, I think definitely the first half fares better. Um, this is the story of basically a, a, I guess, charismatic man who runs a, a crime group, a crime gang of women, uh, one of whom is his sister, and she she is less has more misgivings about their criminal activities, but the rest of the girls don't care. They're just mean, and they all have sex with the guy. Uh, and they basically their their plan one big score, and of course this one big score doesn't go correctly. They have to take hostages, and that means they have to figure out what to mm-hmm. do with the hostages. And one of the things they're going to do with hostages is have sex with them, and that's basically yeah, the movie until until yeah. we have double dealings because the sister's allies allyship start to form between the hostages and the sister has misgivings and you know you you probably can figure out to a certain degree how this movie ends it also includes what i have learned in my life it seems to be just a bizarre mainstay of 70s porn which is there is an incest subplot which seems to be oh, i don't know the 70s it. they just seem like you just couldn't get away from that <laughs> they really stick it in there too <laughs> it's yeah they they like i i mean they they show their hand just immediately that that's where they're heading with it and they just keep hinting and keep hinting and then finally towards the end you're like oh maybe this guy's just a dickhead to his sister and it's and they're like oh no here it comes there it is there's that incest <laughs> they slotted in right at the end yeah yeah just just when you think you got away from it um yeah it's it's weird though because you know, we mentioned in Things to Come how when they cut away from the sex, it doesn't it doesn't really detract from anything, or and and the movie functions perfectly fine, if not better, without the sex scenes. In something like The Dirty Dolls, it clearly has this perfectly fine hard R rating setup, heist film thing. But then once they have their hostages and, and get back to the house, which is the bulk of the movie, it probably two thirds of the movie. Once they're at the house, the house clearly exists so that these women can have sex with the hostages and, and the, the main heist guy boss and everybody else. So once you cut that out, really all you have for the second two thirds of this movie are like uh, people with bad haircuts yelling at each other. And then uh, you know getting dressed and getting undressed, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, there, there's it's a not, lot. Of, there's a lot of scenes of like. I'm going to go and feed the hostage and then pretty much like instantly cutting back to them returning from that. That's like, there's <laughs> clear, clearly sections are being yep, omitted. That's the hostage. Buttoning up a shirt and walking out of the room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that yeah. the stuff, the stuff with the guy hostage is funny too. Cause he's like handcuffed in this shed and this woman's just like, Oh, I'm going to suck your dick. And he's just like, Oh, fine, whatever. And then, <laughs> then like, it cuts away and then it cuts back and she's like zipping up his pants. And he's just like, Oh, you're so stupid. Oh, why'd you suck my dick? Like he's just bad at her. But then just it, it, the comical cutting between her trying to seduce him and then him like yelling at her for trying to suck his dick. It's just, it's fucking weird. Um, it's, it's real like tonal witch whiplash. Yeah. The seduction yeah. scenes in this movie are not 
particularly convincing. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, I, the the sexual elements seem a little bit, me, you know, mechanical and dictated by the necessity of the genre. There's not really much call for. There's no real reason, like, that the main guy is, is apparently so charismatic, all these women gravitate towards him. I'm not really sure why. All he does is basically just stand around and shout at people. Uh, he's not exactly, mm-hmm. like... He's a real piece of shit. Yeah, he's not really, like, even Jonestown vibes or anything. Like, I don't know why anyone no. really want to hang out Doesn't with Doesn't have that Charlie Manson charm. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> funny, too, because, like, one of the laugh-out-loud moments for me is uh, where two of the girls take their female hostage into the into this bedroom and i guess the, their plan is to have sex with her and it, he's like twirling his gun on his finger and he says just make sure you save some for old johnny <laughs> and, and there's a bit of a continuity there because he never gets back to her frankly so that's right now well, i guess he does no, in the end because no. he ends up killing her so i guess in 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 a way isn't isn't that the ultimate penetration one of the oh that's right yeah <laughs> mm. Some very Freudian makes, phallic makes things happening think. with that that revolver he's got oh. slugging around. Oh, the Dirty Dolls has so much going on. Just all, all this subtext, guys. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of great too, just to see this group like plan out their coordinated uh, bank heist or or their diamond heist rather, because they all like get really deep into these disguises. Oh Even my god, looks, the old lady makeup just, is incredible. Batter dry to her face. <laughs> it is. It, it honestly, it looks like like she smeared her face with yogurt and then stood in the sun for like eight hours. It's I love, this I love the idea that they put that on and she sits in a wheelchair and that's like, and, and that means, and she complains to her nurse because she's old and the other woman's just got as a nurse. And it's like, this is designed to make her blend in and no one will stop her. And like, frankly, if you saw that woman in the street, you would call a hospital immediately because like her face no, is falling like, oh, off. It's, uh, it's the grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There, there he is. That's like that's what she looks like. And then there's this one part where she's she's like sitting in an elevator or something, and she's got the disgusto pancake batter yogurt makeup to make her look old. And one of the other girls just like looks at her, whispers like, "Oh, be natural." Be natural. Look at your fucking face. My what? my favorite part God. too is that after as they're like leaving from the heist and they've they've disguised someone else, one of the hostages as as the uh, as as the old woman in their place. She spends an inordinate like they have one continuous shot of them on the on the elevator for a surprisingly long amount of time. Um, I guess elevators maybe ran slow in the seventies. Maybe maybe it's in a high rise and it's a regular size or regular speed elevator. I don't know. They're in there for a while in this single shot, and the one actress just has to spend the entire shot just peeling shit off her face as if like to get herself <laughs> back ready again to to face the world. One one thing uh, I was just going to mention one other thing about this, which I thought is interesting, is that although uh, the black and white opening credits uh, have white on black and white typography, uh, which renders the director of photography credit, I absolutely could not read it, but it's clearly a pseudonym. I believe Gary Graver actually shot this movie, who Gary Graver, people may remember, is the guy who shot The Other Side of the Wind with Orson Welles and basically worked on a lot of porno oh. to fund Orson Welles' work or to, to make ends meet while he was waiting on Orson Welles to finish projects or get the money together. So there, there's an unusual film caliber to this, um, which unfortunately, I mean, n- not that this film looks bad. I think there's a lot of interesting 
kind of uh, regional elements to it. Uh, the cinematography is difficult to gauge to some degree because it is a real beat-up print, which I'm sure Agfa could not do anything about. This is a... I'm pretty no. sure this is a print that has not seen the light of the day in decades, perhaps. Yeah. So, but it's still yeah. an interesting thing to it's... note. Uh, there's, you know, this the guy who shot this went on to, you know, was working with Orson Welles on the side. That's not something you'd say about an enormous number of pornos, so... <laughs> Hey, just a few, gotta, gotta just work a few. somewhere man gotta mm, get bread on that table that's true uh, yeah I'd, it does look better than it has any right to especially uh, towards towards the very end when uh, you know the, the hostages are starting to get away and there's that chase scene through the woods and mm-hmm. there's a couple of, of like quick cuts and a few shots during that whole sequence where you're like oh wow like they really took the the time to to block this and set up everything and why does this look so good and that's that's yeah there, there's a real like last house on the left and i guess by extension virgin spring kind of energy to the finale this kind of chase through the, the woods and, yeah. and also just the, the sheer just like brutality of the ending it's got like a real like just grim ending uh yeah again an unusual an unusual thing to fit into kind of a sexploitation film um I suppose it underpins the fact that all of the sex in this movie, or a good chunk of it, is technically non-consensual. Although, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure particularly registers as that when you're watching it, because it all looks a little clumsy, to be honest. It's not a very erotic yeah. film one way or the other, I don't think. No. No. Everybody looks like they need to just, you know, be taken out back and hosed down a little bit. It's, <laughs> it's a very scuzzy, sweaty movie. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess since most of the sex takes pl- takes place with uh, the two prisoners, and then there's that incesty bit, um, which is definitely, uh, I mean, it's rape, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, not a lot of consensual sex going on in this movie. Yeah. Well, and at least in the version we watch, not a lot of sex going on in the movie. Just a lot of non-consensual buttoning of shirts. Yeah, so the the <laughs> I looked up, because again, I was curious, so I skimmed through to see what was, I mean, clearly it's kind of more obvious where like there's gaps, but um, the cut version is 50 minutes, the uncut version is 73 minutes, and there's really oh, only like three extended sex scenes so that means each of them takes it takes like eight minutes of screen time. The first is uh, oh. we kind of get the tail end of uh, Johnny's. It's like post heist and Johnny's just kind of laying getting a massage from one of the nude women. Uh, that scene goes on for a bit. Then it's uh, the ladies and the, the girl hostage and then the lady with the guy in the shack. And then, oh, I guess there's four scenes because then there's uh, Johnny and the sister up against the tree towards the end of the film. But uh, yeah, oh, of course. Don't forget that. Of course, yeah, because that, that <laughs> definitely will. starts non-consensually as well. Uh, not to mention, you know, fucking incest. <laughs> but they love the incest. Well, Jack, you were talking about the poster before we even uh, like started recording. But what what does the poster say yeah, again? For that tagline. Oh, let me let me see. The, the, let me see. The the tagline in this is uh, it's like it's broken into two parts. On the outer part of the poster says, "Sex starved girls forced to use their guns and bodies to satisfy the man who owned them." I don't know why he owns them. That's cool. never brought up. And then within, just no. kind of in different different color font, just a little bit down, just in case that top tagline wasn't really going to sell it for you. It just says he even seduced his own sister. <laughs> just to you know, bring you in there, just in case you were like, I don't give a shit about the guy yeah. who owns. The I was, ladies. I was on the fence. Yeah, no, but then, <laughs> and then I read that line, <laughs> and everything changed. Oh God, uh, yeah, this is this whole 
like Blu-ray is super fascinating to me, and I I don't know who was sitting around going like, man, we got these weird porns. Why don't we just cut the sex out and then uh, make them uh, just release them? Why not? Uh, and it, the uncut versions are available as well if you prefer to watch, uh, you know, just the regular scuzzy '70s porn. Um, but I, I hope they do more of these. I think theatrically they've done uh, different double features or, or multi-feature evenings with with different movies like this. So I'm hoping they do more home releases because this is uh, this is something special. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think there's frankly just great value in these films just for their regional appeal. I mean, these are low-budget mm-hmm. movies shot in a time and a place. They just have a kind of a an unusual vibe to them, a sort of a, a flea, you know, they, they kind of just feel like a kind of a fleeting glimpse of some mad producer's vision at a certain time. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, I just really appreciate these kind of films being available. And this is just such a mm-hmm. peculiar duo of films. So yeah. And I mean, you can watch the two of them pretty much in two hours, a little over two hours in the in the cut versions. It takes a little longer to watch the uncut versions if you if you so wish. Um, but yeah, I, you know, this this I think is a a really interesting curation uh, that Agfa have done. And I really, really absolutely hope they, they continue with it. Mm hmm. Well, and if you are going to watch these at home, I recommend watching them the same way I did, which is uh, in the middle of the day um, in your living room with a big bay window that faces a street that's pretty busy so that everybody who walks by and drives by can see uh, what you're watching. And uh, that was especially fun for the last movie we're going to talk about today. Um, Possibly the film that will break our brains when trying to, to you know answer the question is this porn oh boy we watched final flesh stop manipulating me 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 stop manip- this is all part of my greatest fantasy over You want to see nature as a whole? Yeah, baby. (laughs) So what I want to know is, is this like the final evolutionary step for cinema? (laughs) uh, Or is it just the greatest movie ever made? So feel free to just jump in. Sure. Why wouldn't it be? Um, I'm, I'm really surprised that I think this movie is legit fascinating like a, a a really unusual like almost art installation project um i mean for anyone who's not familiar with this movie which i'm gonna guess it incorporates the vast majority of normal people um but this, this is a guy who the guy who like does wonder shows and then so he he had some mtv connections um but he basically i guess produced like four separate scripts and then sent them to these custom porn houses, like uh, like small porn organizations that, that shoot custom scenes. So you basically, for a paying customer, you can get a personalized scene to your own uh, preferences and predilections that they will produce for you. So he just basically wrote four abstract, utterly surreal, in, in large senses not even sexual, uh, scripts and sent them to four porn houses who made them to the best of their ability and it just creates this this uh, quartet of wildly 
different uh, surreal uh, sequences, all of which are centered around a family unit, uh, two women and uh, normally basically a father, a mother and a a daughter uh, who Mm. have realized that an atomic bomb has just exploded or is just about to explode. And essentially the world is coming to an end, Um, which essentially makes this uh, porno Tarkovsky's The Sacrifice which is yeah, not something really that no existed prior, and I'm sure Tarkovsky would have approved <laughs> of this. Um, it's a it's a really great movie. I, I it's a really weird movie. It's fucking strange. There's no way around it. Uh, surrealist movies tend to be, and it's it, you know you may you may find yourself uh, gaining more or less purchase on the surrealist imagery throughout. Much of which is very clearly played for laughs as well. I mean, it is a comedy. It's not mm-hmm. like he's trying to create a serious surrealist text, but he's also embracing the fact that there's kind of a, a there's certainly a, in in the, the the framing of all of this, there is I think a, a kind of a meaning being generated. Um, depending what you might take away from that. I think this is a really fascinating examination of pornography, generally what we might consider pornography, uh, how it's real work and real film. Um, I think it's really funny. I think there's really funny elements where the performers are trying to probably work out which parts of this are might actually be sexual, like which parts this might actually be yeah. what the customer is actually like building up to as like a sexual release. Which, you know, and, and it's extremely difficult to determine what that might be. I mean, at one point, a guy just pours an entire thing of, like, pasta sauce in his underpants and stands on a table for a long period of time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What I mean, and a, and a woman, like, births an egg out of her vagina. Yes, and, and then breastfeeds a steak. A, another, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of meat like being born from humans. And <laughs> yeah, a lot of people eating on the toilets. A lot of toilet uh, scenes generally. A lot of toilets, yes. yeah. There's yeah. one woman stands woman up and... The Quran on the toilet. The Quran, <laughs> yeah. One woman stands up and sees, like, spaghetti, and she says, oh, I shit my brains out, and then she flushes the toilet and says, swim home, happy brain, or something like that. It's a lot of, a lot of like, <laughs> it's basically just a series of non sequiturs, and, like, no sentence mm-hmm. has any sort of connective tissue to the one preceding it. It's just, and and yeah. all the performers, you know, gamely deliver what the script asked of them to for this weird fetish clip request that the that you know was put in that was submitted. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a strange movie. Um, it's uh, I would I will say that uh, I think it's kind of better as more of an idea than in execution, or at least eventually it sort of just runs out of steam for me. Uh, like kind of around mm-hmm. the fourth uh, story, like where they're like spitting out endless amounts of dice that are wrapped up in bags and then like grating a, like a guy's dick is made out of a block of cheese that uh, they spell out into <laughs> words. It does. It does. It can get exhausting, but um, it is a definite curiosity. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's funny it's, it's uh, experience. Yeah, I, I think it's ironic in, in a way that actually the fourth segment is. The, by far, certainly the most lavishly produced. There's like they really put some work in. There's like a lot of like low light shadow play and stuff in the sequences, which are, you know, uh, I mean, really surprising. They manage it. There's like a lot of these unusual kind of blocking of the characters within it. Like they, I feel like they really put more work into it than the others. Uh, I feel the others kind of just recognized at a certain point. There's only so far you can get with like. Uh, having little skulls drawn on your back and making them kiss by just holding your backs to each other and doing that <laughs> for a while. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think it kind of it, it showcases the levels of creativity and you know the different studios do their own thing. They each have a kind of a different vibe. Um, it also, I think, by can by by kind of like progression, you know, I found this was a really kind of a touching humanization of sex work in an odd way. Um, I've seen I saw some people who have written online saying that they feel this was quite a demeaning project because it was asking you know porn worker you know sex workers to perform you know ludicrous stupid things and it's like a waste of their time and it's not what they normally would do and it's done in bad faith and i disagree with that because i mean he paid them to produce these things and then on top of that you know i just feel like there's there's kind of an an understanding of their craft they're they're doing this for money certainly they're doing this as you know kind of a venture for to, to earn a living but you know they're working with the material as best they can and they are still producing something unusual you know there's there's still i feel a kind of like uh, an auteur element to what they're doing because i he didn't provide any direction to them i think he provided the script and maybe described some yeah. props but i mean they pretty much had to just make do after that everything else is up to them um and sure. and so so they they worked with it you know and to me this is much more uh, I mean, Jake. I think off offline, you you mentioned about how like there's kind of a Neil Breen esque element yeah. to this, which there absolutely is in terms of like the, there's kind of a clumsiness, deadpan to a lot of the dialogue and the deliveries. But at the same time, Neil Breen makes movies because he's a rich guy with money to burn and just kind of a narcissistic element of just wants to be the main guy in movies and he just did it himself because it was not going to happen without him doing it right whereas these are you know these are working people working to produce something you know for further income this is a primary income source i'm sure for several of the people pictured here so it's it's you know to my mind i think there's kind of an interesting element here where we talk about because I, I mean i mentioned earlier about how i feel pornography is often uh, you know, there's, I think a lot of film, you know, a lot of film critics will decry something as being pornography, less than film, not real film, which I think is nonsensical. Pornography is real film because all film is is a is a medium. It's a you know, it's it's mm. a technical apparatus essentially. Um, you you may get more or less you know uh, mileage within each one, but this kind of brings it in line with in th this film brings their work in line with kind of more typical films by being very atypical for what they would do and uh, i just think it's a fascinating film and i mean i must admit i think it's yeah. also genuinely funny at times just because there is just ridiculous things in it i mean they just make mention of like uh you know capitalist tears and like you know late capitalist breakdown and stuff just in weird non sequiturs like jake says like every word spoken in this you know it's kind of like a one-off sentence um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know, this is a weirdly endearing project, I think. I actually yeah. really enjoyed I, it. It's It's got some, I mean, you, you mentioned you know, some of the different elements of it that make it obviously very unique. There's nothing else like this that <laughs> has ever been made, as far as I can tell. Uh, but it goes even further when you actually have, uh, like, so the, the DVD itself... Um, which I would recommend that you get, except it's it's been on a print for a while, and I I think I sent a screen cap to you guys 
Uh, it's currently going for like $230 on eBay or some shit, which don't pay that. Yeah, That's I like it, much. but yeah, not $230. Not that much. <laughs> no. Um, actually, uh, AGFA, American Genre Film Archive, they they have the rights to the theatrical uh, release of Final Flesh, so you can book it from them. So I hope that at some point they decide to put out like a Blu-ray version or whatever. But uh, when you get the DVD version, uh, one, it comes with a giant poster. Uh, so if you were like, man, I wish I could hang up a Final Flesh poster in my bedroom, but that's an option for you. Uh, it comes with a packet of lube. Which is great for a a movie made by porn actors that doesn't actually have any sex in it, as far as I could tell. Um, a few sex-ish things, but we'll, we'll talk about that sex a little adjacent. bit. Sex adjacent. And then sex adjacent, yeah. Uh, but then the really interesting thing is when you play the actual DVD of this, like if you start the film up, it, it actually loops back around on itself. So... You know, I, I this when I watched Final Flesh for the podcast this week, this is the first time that I've watched the movie sober and before midnight. So watching it in broad daylight sober, it, it wasn't an issue to figure out when it actually stops. Like you can kind of figure it out. But the way the film is structured, it loops back around on itself and it just keeps playing on the DVD. So, I mean... It, this movie is like 80 minutes long, but you could really find yourself in a, in a full like 120 minutes of final flesh before you realize what's happened. Um, so, I mean, the movie is really like, not only is it fucking with like form and expectations, but it's even fucking with the viewer by not just bouncing back to a menu screen or hitting like, you know, the credits roll or something like I that. I mean, it makes sense. It um, feels like an art installation. Like this feels like something you would play mm-hmm. on a loop in a museum just and walk in yeah. and out on it. You could easily you could easily present it in that fashion. Oh, absolutely. And some of the other interesting things too. It, I was I was reading an interview with Vernon Chapman about when he constructed this, and basically, like he knew that these websites existed, and he had this dumb idea, and he was just like, "All right, well, let's just go for it." And he was talking about how when he got all the footage back, it was interesting for him, and this this is one of the most interesting things for me too. But seeing how they played with the material like what they emphasized to, you know, as the sexual parts, even though there was no like explicit sex going on. So whether that was like dumping a glass of milk on yourself or um, when the guy dressed as a baby tried to shove himself back up into a woman's vagina so he could re-enter the womb, uh, things like that. And like what they chose to sexualize, that was really interesting to him. And then he also mentioned that, um, of the four groups, they all were super professional and like with props and everything, they basically just like negotiated back and forth via email. Like, okay, we're going to need to get this, this, and this. It'll cost X, Y, and Z. I was wondering about that. Really simple. Yeah. So he said, he said they were super easy to work with, but the first group, in addition to sending him like all the footage that they shot uh, from the, from the script, uh, they also sent him just a, a string of clips of just all the cast members fucking each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just, they just, felt they're just like, here's some actual porn because you didn't have us. Like, we weren't sure if you needed it. this, so we went ahead and did it. Yeah, we just did a little on the side anyway. So here you go. Just, just, just a little freebie throw in. That's, um, that was but, generous of them. I mean, again, the kind spirit of the, the working man. Yeah, the kind spirit. And there's there's nothing to me that reads as exploitative about this because you've got to think, I mean, what he's having them do, it's funny and the dialogue is funny and they nail it. 
Um, because and the whole like deadpan, just basically like reading words off a page without any emotion, like it it adds something special to this. But you've got to think if your business model is rich people pay us to make personalized pornography, and it's usually what what you would consider to be pornography as most people conceive of it. You've got to imagine that they've done some really fucking weird shit for people because. I mean, in the year of our Lord 2021, you're telling me you can't go on like Pornhub or just Google and find whatever, whatever fetish, whatever oh, yeah. kink, whatever you is your thing. It's out there. Like that's that's the joke, right? Uh, that you know, if something exists, there's a porn version that exists on the internet. That's uh, people joke about that all the time. So the idea that you would you would have enough money and you would have some far out idea. For your porn that you you can't find satisfaction in somewhere else, and you're telling me that, you know, Vernon Chapman telling them to, uh, you know, sit on the toilet and eat a blueberry muffin is demeaning somehow. Like the, these people, they know exactly what they're doing. I'm sure most of them were in on the joke. Like they probably thought it was funny or you know weird or whatever, and were cool with it. But it's not exploitation, not yeah, in the least. There's yeah, there's no no kink shaming here. This is a, this is a perfect no. safe place to express your your innermost desires. Brought to you by the people at pornforthepeople.com or whatever the the website is that he because i do i do like that one that one guy just wore his own company's and uh, like a sweatshirt with the mm. company logo on it because i guess he figured might as well get something out of this <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah i i would say as well is that like i guess as kind of an element of surrealism is you know surrealism is a very loose structuring i mean and you know you can kind of structure around freudianism or Jungian imagery or various other things and um, there there's kind of a strange pathway through it of you know it's all family units in the face of a crisis and there's kind of resolutions linking through them that each family unit finds some kind of a a, a resolution they, they start confused or scared or or otherwise separated and they kind of unify in some sense and it's obviously achieved through quite ludicrous means, um, but it's also so loaded with imagery and ideas. I mean, like, there's, it, the guy's script must have been just incredibly detailed in, like, the idea of, like, spit out lots and lots of dice and fill a condom with them and then deep throat a dice-filled condom. Um, but, you know, at the same time, this is also something that would, you know... It, it creates like your mind can't help but kind of move along these avenues and, and and interpret these things, you know, to some degree or another in terms of like the face of, you know, in the face of destruction, what are, you know, what is mm -hmm. fate and fortune? What is capitalism? What is, you know, what have we achieved? What does a family unit look like? You know, all those things kind of swim around. You've got plenty of time to do it because it's really just a bunch of people standing in a room at any given time, just saying weird shit to each other. Um, it's you know i think it's it's one of the better surrealist films i've seen um which is i don't know how much that's saying because i think surrealism you know really applies surrealism to my mind has is a fairly limited palette uh personally i find like it, it you know it works here and there and um, but it can get old real quick but this is just such an unusual veneer to it or presentation to it I, I was really just found myself quite engaged by the whole thing it was just a really kind of almost like a like makes surrealism fun 
mm-hmm. so yeah, I you know I I really I gotta say as much as we joked at the start about this uh, this podcast being like we watched a bunch of like really weird dreck and uh, like two of the three of these movies I thought were like pretty good uh, and I think this one actually yeah. is genuinely honestly I'd recommend I'd recommend it to people. Uh, I tell them what it is mm-hmm. first, so they don't, you know, so they don't hate me fully. But you know, like give it a, if you're if you are willing to get on its wavelength and sit in with it, I don't think you'll regret the journey. Yeah, Final Flesh is a movie that I I don't normally just recommend to people, uh, but if it's late at night and you're at my house and we've been drinking. And, you know, someone's like, oh, let's watch something stupid. I'll be like, ha, 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 I've got something for you. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a fun thing to just, just put on for people that don't know what to expect from it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't have any close friends. This is, this has got to be it, right? Yeah, it's more, more of a... <laughs> I final fleshed away all, everyone that loved me. I would definitely, yeah, recommend it at least to people within our circles who would get the joke and enjoy this more uh again mom if you're listening this far please do not seek out final flesh i beg of you do not yeah that's no most most uh, regular people if you're some misanthrope idiot like one of us then yeah this is your shit but otherwise if you're a well-adjusted human being you should probably avoid this um no i i agree with you though jack like i was joking about how oh we're like the whole concept behind this of is it porn like we're just gonna watch a bunch of weird sex stuff for the next two weeks cool uh but really like you said like things to come and final flesh i think are both genuinely good and, and worth seeking out and uh, like dirty dolls is just kind of like a throw-in movie with things to come it's fine like there's some good chuckles in it there's some uh, fun stuff in the beginning, so I, I regret nothing this week, which is not something I can say very often. I, I will definitely, strange. yeah, I would definitely say I, if I had to choose, I had like a button in front of me asking to save any one of these movies or anything from the Marvel universe. I would save any one of these three movies oh, over yeah. one of those without question. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I, I will. T- I will take the uh, the heavily edited incest uh, sister scenes from Dirty Dolls over Ant Man any day of the week. Fucking quote me on that. Slap that on a bumper sticker, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, Final Flush is cool. Check it out. Just don't buy it on eBay unless you're rich. And then why are you buying Final Flush? What are you doing with your life? If you're if you're that rich, you can probably commission another porn group to just recreate the entire film for you. Yeah, if you got that Final Flesh money, just make your own. <laughs> that, honestly, that would right, be boys. an amazing <laughs> disc extra if they ever do re-release this. <laughs> just a remake of it (laughs) that's what the world needs that's that's what the world needs all right uh well i i guess we're gonna have to start wrapping things up so uh, jake what are you putting over this week well uh as most of our film slate this week has been brought to you by uh vinegar syndrome i'm gonna go ahead and uh put one over from vinegar syndrome i've been uh delving into uh my black friday sale and uh last night i watched action usa which is a film uh, yeah. made entirely by stuntmen. Um, basically, it's just uh, cops and crooks. That's all you need to know. And they do some of the craziest shit you'll ever see in a movie, all involving real people doing dangerous things. There's a guy hanging out of a helicopter over a city. There's a uh, there's a lot of jumps over cars, over buses, into mobile homes, into regular homes. Uh, everything explodes as soon as it hits. 
It's great. It's glorious. It's fun. It's 93 minutes long. Check it out. It's, it's the perfect movie. It is. It's basically a perfect movie. I think I, I put it over a while it may, ago. It like may be an OV ago. favorite. Yeah. It is, it is an OV fave, but when I put it over, I was just like, uh, yeah, this was released on VHS in 1989 and never again, and so just find it somewhere on the internet and watch it, and the restoration is gorgeous, so uh, shout out to Vinegar Syndrome for doing the Lord's work. Uh, now get us a, like a 4K disc of Final Flesh, and I think my life will be complete. Jack, what are you putting over this week? Right, well, first, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put under... Uh, Promising Young Woman, which I just watched yesterday and which I'm pretty sure will be one of the worst films I see of 2021. So if you have any interest in that movie, don't bother. Uh, Just skip it. Okay, because it's it's really bad. However bad I say it is, it's worse than that. And then I'm going to put over uh, another old classic uh, album. uh, It's My Life by Talk Talk, which I don't know why exactly. I've just been listening to it on repeat for all of last week and i mean everyone who knows it it's it's a classic it's great but honestly if you haven't listened to it in a while like i hadn't and you put it back on it's better than you remember it's got some just classic cuts on it uh really good so just just check that out and mark hollis sadly left us in 2020 so honor his memory by uh listening to some of the best pop music ever written man when you said it's my life i thought you were gonna say the uh, the the bon jovi album <laughs> with the talk box in it that's probably more in the promising you young woman branch bon jovi makes a a chart topping comeback like 15 years after their peak popularity and they incorporate talk box into it is there is there a greater story ever in the history of mankind i would say no no unless you count the script from Final truly Flesh. new jersey's finest oh an absolute king so uh, this week, I'm actually going to put over something else by Vernon Chapman. Um, he did, like you mentioned, he did uh, uh, Wonder Chosen. He also did uh, Xavier, Renegade Angel. But outside of his work with Adult Swim, he actually wrote a book a few years ago. So he wrote a book called Mindsploitation. And it's kind of philosophically uh, an extension of, of what he's doing in Final Flesh. Um Essentially, what the book is, is there's all these websites online where you can pay them like, you know, they charge 20, 30, 50, 100 dollars, whatever, to write papers for you. Okay, so you, you just you give them a topic and then some guy somewhere writes you a paper. So essentially, it's, it's like what people used to do in college, like, oh, dude, if you write this for me, I'll give you a blah, blah. But it's, you know, you just seek these people out on the Internet. So he thought, okay. What if I give them super weird shit to write about? Because, you know, they're like, oh, we'll write an essay about anything you request. One of our experts will write this. So, like, he does things like he's, he's like, oh, um, for this essay, you have to invent a new human limb. Uh, <laughs> so then this person, whoever had to write this essay for him, like, writes about, he invents, like, a, an arm that's like a peanut-grabbing claw or something. But it's just all these completely outlandish topics, and then he pays all this money for these people that he never sees, speaks to, or anything, to just write him weird shit. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's Final Flesh in book form. If, if you're interested in Final Flesh or if, if you're a fan of Wonder Shows or whatever, like it's genuinely hilarious. Um, and hopefully it won't go out of print because uh, Louis C.K. I think wrote, wrote the forward. So that's probably going to, you know, 
cause him some trouble. Yeah, yeah, there, there we go. If it survived this long, it's probably okay. I think he's back from cancellation. Oh yeah, he's back from cancellation. Yeah, he can. He's free to jack off in front of people again because uh, yeah, he he's been doing stand up shows during during coronavirus. So very cool. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the best part too. It's just like man, you had you've had like an entire year to just let people forget about how gross you are. And yet your choice is I'm going to go out and do comedy in the middle of a global pandemic. That's uh, just, just an ace move. Absolute King. Uh, <laughs> with that. Uh, yeah. So if, if you like the podcast, they do us a big favor. There are two links in the description to this podcast. The first one will take you to our iTunes page. If you haven't had a chance to yet, please take literally two seconds and give us a five-star written review. You can, you know, uh, just just hit the five-star button and then just type all caps, uh, long live the final flesh or something like that. And that would be great. And the reason why we need you to do that is because uh, our entire podcast is, uh, the, the fate of it is in the hands of, of the Apple algorithm, which uh, works through mysterious ways. And the only thing that we know to be true is that for some reason, your star rating, along with the written reviews, boosts you up in, in search engine optimization. So I am begging you to do this because it takes two seconds and it makes our podcast more discoverable. And the more people that discover, more people that listen, more stuff we can do for you. So everybody wins. It just takes, takes a few seconds of your time. Now, if you are feeling particularly giving... Um, and you have not been, you know, financially ravaged in an incredibly shitty year, uh, you can donate to our Patreon. And for just a couple bucks a month, you have access to a huge backlog of written and podcast content, uh, as well as brand new stuff that you can only get on our Patreon. And if you uh, donate more than a few dollars, then you can have your name read out on this very podcast that you're listening to. So you too could be like Paula or Dustin and join the ranks of uh, Optimism Vaccine Elite. And you know what? If you want to give us even more money, then you get to dictate what we do for a show. That's right. You get to control it. We are basically the porn actors, and you become Vernon Chapman in this analogy that I'm creating. Um, but if you're wondering, Jake has refused to dress up like a baby, but Myros is still on the table. So <laughs> anyways, uh, give us money if you have some. And if you don't, that's okay, too. We understand. Other than that, uh, you can tweet at us at Optimism Vaccine, or, or you can email us, uh, death threats, marriage proposals, questions, comments, recommendations, anything like that, uh, optimismvaccine at gmail.com. Other than that, I think that pretty much wraps it up. So, uh, Jake, final words yours. Have you been mind-fucked lately? <laughs> Ying and Yang had a baby. Its name is Yoinks. <laughs> 